30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. Good morning to you all. It is Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 31 years. If you'd like to join the conversation, it's easy. You can text questions to 411-923-EMAIL at info at rosieonthehouse.com. If you need to snap a picture and send it along for whatever it is you're working on, you can send them that way. The text format is text only. Man, this is the perfect time of year to be throwing our windows and doors open. Uh, but, you know, nothing worse than, uh, than than trying to look through some clack, cracked glass. We've brought Dennis Ruskin of ABC Glass. If you've got our home maintenance calendar, you see... Uh, He's been looking at ABC Glass all month long. And, and why March? Pretty obvious when we start diving into it. But take it away, Dennis. Well, it's the beginning of spring here. And uh, people are beginning to open their windows. And they're, after the winter has gone through here a little bit, we had a lot of rain. And all of a sudden they realize that, hey, the sc- my screens are broken or my window doesn't stay up any longer. It falls down. Something's wrong here. And so, and then, you know, the landscaping starts to come into play. And everybody wants to trim their yards and the weed eater plays along with that and all of a sudden we have broken or, patio doors or mayhem on his lawnmower where five <laughs> bucks doesn't buy his undivided attention pops <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> so what are your options when you have broken glass can you replace just the glass pane with the frame still intact or do you have to rip the whole thing out and put a whole new window in no you can just bring in a lot of times people we go out to people's homes and we just replace the glass we use the existing frame and we repair the repair the glass. So if it's a dual pane window, we have to go out and measure it, see what kind of color glass it is, how the overall thickness, and then have to order a new panel from the factory and then come back out and replace it. But we don't have to ruin the integrity of the window in the stucco or the block. We just uh, replace the glass itself. That is something I have yet to be on site for for an install. I would love to see that. How when you look at the window frame, how do you get that pane out and put the new one in? Without <laughs> without messing up the frame. Well, if it's a sliding window that slides side to side, you slide the slider all the way over to the stationary side, lift up on the inside the house, and the window will pop out right in your hand. And then you go and you can just replace it. There's a couple screws. You take it apart, clean things up, put it back together, and you stick it back in, back in the frame. If it's a stationary side, there's a little more work, but same process. And those sliders are pretty popular. The aluminum frame sliding glass windows probably... 70% of every type of window that's been installed the last 30 years. Last 30 years, there's a lot of aluminum windows, but nowadays the vinyl window it comes into play with the new 2012 energy codes. So they, they're pushing vinyl windows, and the days of the aluminum windows are going to be gone here pretty soon. Interesting. All all regulated. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll catch on to fiberglass for the desert southwest. We have a lot better success with the fiberglass over a, a vinyl product. Uh, fiberglass is becoming a little more in, into play, um, but vinyl has really taken off in, in Arizona, and there's most all the window factories now are doing vinyl because of the cost. It keeps the cost way down. Yeah, I have a property that has vinyl windows that were installed in 2002. Uh, it, it wasn't a property we owned at the time. We just bought it. It came like that. I have replaced two of the five windows that face south that just fell out. The vinyl completely just deteriorated and the whole glass fell out. Well, that's not good. 
And in addition to vinyl, you've got the more custom ones on a wood frame. Is there anything you can do with a wood frame window? Well, there there's a, there are some things with wood frame windows. We don't do wood frame. Um, we have un, we are a vinyl and aluminum company, and so we understand that process. The wood part there's that takes the Pella boys to do that kind of stuff, and we prefer a lot of work to them for that wood. So when it comes to your aluminum and your vinyl, we're not just talking windows either. I mean, this applies to sliding glass doors. Uh, our, our back Arcadia patio doors that were popular for years and years. And still, um, I know a lot of people prefer the French. I, I see a lot less repair work on the sliders. You put some heavy metal rollers on it, and you're good to go. Those those swinging doors, the reveal eventually starts to sag. Something comes in the middle. You never use the left wing. <laughs> well, vinyl, when, vinyl patio doors are becoming very popular for the simple fact you, you don't get a lot of heat um, coming through the vinyl like you do aluminum. And so it's not a conductor. So you get, it stays a lot cooler in the house with, with the vinyl patio doors. And with the new low-E glass that comes with it, which is now standard in all windows, the Keeping the inside of the house cooler is become a real big, big thing here in Arizona. And it's been a long time since we've talked into depth what low E means. For somebody that has heard it but has no idea what it means, what would what, well, that mean? Well, low E glass, you have to look at it as a stingy piece of glass. And it's, it doesn't, it's trying not to let the UVs come in through the glass. And it's trying to hold as much UVs as coming in that the sun is producing at that time. And it holds on as much as it can. Some leak through and get in the house. But as the sun goes past it, those UVs go back out into the atmosphere. They don't go into the house. So you don't get discoloration of carpeting and sofas and those kinds of things. And it tries to keep the house as a little cooler. Is there an additional manufacturing process? And what's the added cost? I mean, I know it's standard, but what did that do for glass pricing over in general? The low E has gotten to be so cost effective now. Um, low E sometimes is a little less expensive than just clear glass. Uh, they've gotten the price way down there so it's because it is part of the package. Um, and there's different types of low E coming in. There's a low E max and there's different colors. You have to be, be careful of all that. You want to match the, the windows as one breaks or whatever the case may be. But the low E has become so energy efficient now, and they've gotten it down to such a science that it has really, really worked very well in Arizona. Now, up to this point, we've been talking cracks and breakage and everything, but an indication that your windows have failed is if you have dual pane windows and you're looking out a fog and it's not foggy outside. Right. All of a sudden, when you look into the window, and sometimes it fills with water because of condensation. So you don't think, hey, I have an aquarium in my window. That's not supposed to be there. So um, that means that the, the unit has lost its integrity and we have to replace it with a new unit. It's, it's the seal has broken, so air has gotten inside and whatever moisture that's in the air has traveled with it and then it condensates on the interior. In those applications, are, are they still putting argon gas in between? Argon gas is a great feature in cold weather. It doesn't work really well in Phoenix, Arizona. It has a tendency over time to dissipate. So the low, the argon doesn't work as well in the hotter temperatures as it does in the colder weather. So people in Flagstaff listening. Is oh, they it, have. Yes, that works really well up there. In all of these applications, uh, we've talked 
covering glass, tempered versus non-tempered, and it's that's pretty critical. And it's it can be the reverse of what you think. You wouldn't want it to shatter in a thousand pieces, but no, no, you really do. Yes, it's safety glass. You want it if something for tempered glass when it does blow up, it blows up into such small pieces that it just kind of pricks you. Versus annealed glass where it cracks and it's big shards and it can really hurt you. So the tempered glass, in retrospect, it's four times stronger than regular annealed glass. And then on those, when it breaks into all those tiny little pieces, it's obviously a little, a little bit more to pick up. But like you said, it's not something that can cause a major laceration. That's exactly. That's why the safety glass is such a big thing. And more and more companies are pushing tempered glass versus annealed. Now, you had mentioned screens. I understand people could take off their uh, the screen off their window, bring it by, and have it rescreen and take it home with them? Uh, they can bring it by and drop it off, and then they can pick, come back <laughs> yeah. and pick it up. Your and, work yeah. order isn't quite yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it gets, get, this time of year it gets kind of busy, but when people all of a sudden they open the windows and they're, they're, the bugs are coming in, they say, oh, I may need to get the screen replaced or get it rescreened. So we have a lot of people just bring in their screens and we rescreen them right there. As long as the frame's sturdy enough, and if it's not, you can say, hey, this one's too beat up. We, we can make you an identical right. match. Exactly. What is the turnaround time when you have to order those panes of glass? What are for a dual pane? What is our turnaround time for well, that? The turnaround time right now um, is between seven to ten working days to get one turned around and get back and get back to us. There's three factories in Phoenix that make insulated windows. And how did you get into the glass business to begin with? Oh, a long, long thirty, forty years ago, I was um, out of college, and a, a friend of my dad's owned a glass company in Mesa. And, and he was doing auto glass. And so I got into the auto glass business and going out and started selling, going to insurance offices and started with uh, talking to agents and picking up glass breakage reports and turning them in for windshields. And then from there, I got into the flat glass and got into working for tempering houses and other places. And then eventually I just bought, one of my customers wanted to sell. So I ended up buying a shop 20 years ago. <laughs> and is that the <clears throat> same one that's located on Cave Creek? Same one on Cave Creek Road. ABC Glass has been there for 45 years. So we're, we're, in 2007, there were nine glass shops, and I'm the only one left. Wow. And y'all have a nice little showroom. You've got the services and bring up, drop off your your screens. You'd mentioned you could bring in, a, if you've got a single pane slider, you could pull that out and right. bring it by. We do that. We have a full retail shop, and then we also have a full commercial shop. So we have a little bit of everything. So we have parts and pieces and all the things that you need to get going again. And somebody could also schedule to have you all come out. It's not something the customer has to come to you no, for. No, we, we do have a full set of crews that go out every day and go to houses to fix windows and hang mirror and do tabletops and you name it in the glass business, we do it. You know, it is a funny thing. Y'all have been there at Cave Creek. You said 45 years. You've owned it for 20. Um, how things come together. I mean, I've driven up that stretch of Cave Creek. I used to take that to go to the radio station every Saturday morning. I lived on uh, Union Hills and 29th Street. So I'd come down to Cave Creek. They would ease down to Central and Camelback where the station used to be located. And how many times I drove by there. And one day we were saying, all right, we need to find a glass cutter. And John Eisenhower says, well, you should call Dennis at ABC Glass. Isn't he on the network? I'm like, oh. He's like, well, he should be. He's the only guy you need to talk to. <laughs> That's great. John, John and I are good friends, yeah. Uh, we go back a long ways. 
seen a lot of changes now that the 51 goes through. Cave Creek Road isn't the main artery getting into Phoenix anymore. So the traffic patterns have changed a little bit. But if you want to find something kind of different, you'll find it on Cave Creek Road <laughs> down there some someplace along the road. Including ABC Glass, and that's at what? 15054 North Cave Creek Road. Uh, ABCGlassAZ.com. ABCGlassAZ.com. Well, Dennis, thanks for coming in. If you've got cruddy-looking windows you're looking out this morning, you want to get cleaned up and fixed up for this beautiful flower season we've got here in Arizona, the blooming season, you can get it done with ABC Glass. Well, if you're not an early bird and you missed our 7 o'clock interview with John Pratt, you may not know the deals that are going on on Sanderson Ford. If car buying's on your to-do, today's a great day. Sanderson Ford is open now, and they've got incredible deals. We're Ford fans because if you look around Arizona on the roads, most of the vehicles you see are Ford. Arizona is Ford country, and we love Sanderson Ford because of how they treat their customers, how they treat our listeners, and how they've treated the entire Romero family, all the way up from grandma down to the grandbabies. If you're looking for a Ford vehicle, it's Sanderson Ford. And you don't even have to leave the house. You can shop online, and you don't even have to go over there to pick it up. They can deliver it to your home. Or if you're looking for something custom, or you're trying to get an order for maybe a Ranger or a Bronco or something that's coming out soon, SandersonFord.com to shop to your heart's desire to find the perfect Ford vehicle for you. 51st Avenue in Maryland in Glendale. Ooh, moving through our open line hour, we have so much content to cover today. Generally, we only do one weekly home maintenance to do but we had to pick up glass that was kind of an oversight on our part and that one fell through the cracks so we got to double up today <laughs> radios changed you were going there <laughs> <laughs> and this broadcast has changed so much with technology and podcasting so much of this content is repurposed to keep up with the ongoing maintenance of our home. So we've got two today, and this is also the second segment of the open line hour, which means we have our promotional giveaway. I actually have two this week. Uh, next Saturday, Phoenix Suns, it's a seven o'clock game. And then Sunday, Coyotes at two o'clock. I like Ooh. those afternoon games. Yeah, time. and the Coyotes are in the hunt. Oh, they are? Yeah, they yes. Nice. Uh-huh. Sons are playing Memphis Grizzlies. All right. That's what it says on the ticket. Compliment of our sister station, Sports 98.7, Arizona Sports Station. So here's the trivia question. Okay. This month, in 1963, Phoenix police arrest Ernesto Miranda without informing him of his rights, which leads to the landmark U.S. Supreme Court case, Blank versus Arizona. If you know the answer, text to 411-923. It's actually in our home maintenance calendar. Uh, We've got a monthly Arizona This Month in History, and you can find it there at our home maintenance calendar, the online copy at rosieonthehouse.com. In the world of uh, recyclable and renewables, this was very interesting to me because our cotton farmer that was in and our uh, Farm Fresh Hour closing out the year last year said off the air, don't ask me about this. And the question was, if if cotton takes so much water to produce, why are we producing it in Arizona? And off air, he said, 
don't want to address this because I'm not political. I'm just a farmer. But the reason we grow it in Arizona is because we can grow it in Arizona. And everyone complains about the water use. But it is an organic material. And the amount of microfibers that are in our plastic clothing mm -hmm. that ends up in the ocean is going to create a problem. The demand for cotton is going to go up. So it's only going to be a bigger money generator for the state. And we could see a potentially return of more cotton farms back to Arizona in an effort to reduce the amount of microfibers that end up in the ocean. According to the Wall Street Journal article uh, earlier this month, the equivalent of 50 billion plastic bottles is what ends up in the ocean every year as a result of synthetic textiles. And these are just the microfibers that come off in the wash. There's a couple things that companies are doing to combat that. Uh, a lot of the microfibers come off in the first wash. So they're looking at pre-washing the clothes before they start selling them. They're looking at different types of bags you would wash your synthetic clothes in that would contain the microfibers that you can then put in the trash can and would go to landfill instead of ending up in an ocean. And one study shows that Felice sheds 85 times more microfibers than polyester. That's fleece, right? Fleece. Fleece. Wow. So, uh, you know Arizona's not guilty. Yeah. <laughs> what well, percent of our clothes in Arizona contain fleece? There's fleecing in Arizona, <laughs> but it may not necessarily mean clothes, right? <laughs> so, just one more thing to consider when you're out and about. You hear us often talking about shop local, look local, support local. We've got great cotton here. We've got a lot of great clothing that's made in America, 100% cotton. Uh, it's... It's biodegradable. That's the difference where these plastic synthetics aren't. And I know that sounds like a lot, and, and it is, but, you know, that's only 35% of the plastics that's ending up in the ocean. Hmm. And U.S. is a very small contributor to that. We're pretty good with our trash and, and our recycling and our wastewater management. But as whole and a general, uh, that's it, it, anything – to reduce that kind of contribution to our oceans, I, yeah, I think and, is... And, of course, you know, the, the stories have been out for years about plastics being found in huge junk piles floating at the bottom of the ocean and washing up on shore. Oh, and on top of yeah. them. There's even yeah. websites that some people say they're fake. Um, some people say they're true. And I've been to them. I, I didn't think looking at it I was looking at anything fake. Mm -hmm. But it, it is these giant plastic... Uh, trash icebergs. piles or islands or whatever. <laughs> islands yeah, but, that, that yeah, float around. They say one's as big as the size of Texas. Uh, man. Um, no. At least we've made people aware of it and uh, when it's, the cleanup needs to happen. When it's easy enough to just switch what brand it is and what it's made out of and that it can support something local, why Why wouldn't you? It's a win-win. It, it's, it's a win-win. <clears throat> I've been pretty diligent about not using plastic bottles. I've got my uh, aluminum. Um, I've got my stainless steel uh, thermos, insulated thermos that I take with me and use and, and go through three or four of those a day where it would be six or seven plastic bottles that that would uh, <clears throat> that that's saving and waste. Exactly. Yeah. Same here. I, I have a plastic bottle. I will use it till it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got our Home, we've got our weekly home maintenance how-to coming up after this, talking about checking your heating and air conditioning system before you know what's coming, those summer temperatures.
932, it's time for our weekly home maintenance how-to. Now, today is going to be a little bit more technical, but there are certain things we can do as homeowners before an air conditioning technician comes out for our biannual service. We recommend it once before we switch from heating to cooling and once before we switch from cooling back to heating at right at these times of the year and that's night air conditioning and why is that important chuck what 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 does that do i for the air conditioning unit it gives us a chance to find the problems before they become big problems a burned wire that you fix right now could end up taking out a compressor it could end up burning fan motors blowing capacitors taking out start devices all kinds of dumb stuff that happens you know just with simple uh, overheated wire and i'm just as guilty as anybody i forget to call um and schedule the maintenance checks just wasn't that just like last month? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that you mean, happens. You mean the, that was like five hot summer months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our four-minute winter. Yeah, okay. Um, what we do is we have a, an automatic service thing where we put you on a list. and We will call you up twice a year um, uh, or once a year, depending on your preference, to come out and service your stuff. Uh, we also have a uh, benefits program that we uh, we made it because we were responding to a bunch of our clients that said, you know, we need something where you come out automatically and take care of stuff and, and all that. So we have a benefits program uh, that uh, uh, you pay a certain amount every month, and then we come out twice a year, do full service on it, and any parts or labor on a repair, we get a full 10% off of anything like that. And when it comes time to replace the unit, it would take $300 off a regular cost. I've heard so many different ads and catchphrases that people use you know we'll come out for our 24 point inspection we'll do our 39 patented custom inspection our technicians will do blank amount and it's like there can only be so many things we're checking what what are you checking when you come let me just take a step back the first thing we do when we walk up is ask the homeowner this is their place they know what it's supposed to sound like how it's supposed to act we walk in and say hi there we go in and look at the thermostat we look at the reach of the air filter. Make sure it's got a clean filter and that the thermostat does the things it's supposed to do. Then we ask the customer, is there anything going on that we need to know about? Is there something unusual that you want us to investigate? Because if we don't hear anything anomalous, we won't be looking for things like it. We'll go through and we'll service it up, get all the readings, check the, check the static pressures and check the, the amp draws and the temperature differentials and all that stuff. And that's just part of the deal. So, and we, we document all of that stuff. So we have it all for permanent record. But the biggie there is that if you find anything anomalous from the homeowner, if they say, you know, it runs really good, but it's making a vibration never made before, and I don't know what to do about that. So what can we do to stop that? You're a man that always works. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's... I, I don't know that we've ever had a conversation, Chuck, where it wasn't interrupted by one, if not two or three phone calls. And, and you're good about answering. <laughs> We need to put you some ACDC really? on that ringtone. You know, I make my living doing really technical stuff, but if I knew how to put ACDC on there, they'd be on there. It's that <laughs> well, simple. You'll have to have your new granddaughter here in about three years. She'll be old enough to figure that out for <laughs> you. you. Know, she's almost a year old. She can probably do better than me now. <laughs> it's a shame. Um, but that's that's just, that's part of the deal is learning, learning the new technical stuff. And we're going to classes all the time. We send our guys to classes. I am the dinosaur in our company. You know, I'm the one that figures stuff out and, and, and bids air conditioners and all that stuff like that. But honestly, goodness, the technology now is, is, is so different. We have to get so many more things. And, you know, your dad started when he started saying, hey, if you're going to go out and measure an air conditioner, do a low calculation. Well, we already were. But if you don't do a low calculation, you have no idea what you're selling people. You have no idea what their needs are. 
And you got to pay attention. you got to take those extra steps. I've had a lot of people remark that they appreciate the time that we take when we're doing a proposal. Because when we go out there, we do the load calculation. And sometimes that is a pain to go all the way around the house to climb up into the attic and do all that nonsense. And when I'm done, though, I know what you're supposed to have. And I do it by hand. I do the calculations with a calculator and a pencil. I go out and measure the doors and windows. And when I'm done, it's correct. Dead on every single time. Well, as did on as Emmanuel J. Ever is, but I mean, there you go. So, and that's when we're looking at replacing a, a new yes. unit. When we're looking at our maintenance for our uh, our existing unit, mm-hmm. and we're going through our checkpoints of right. what we're looking at and investigating, we're asking the homeowner if anything's unusual, is right. it performing? Uh, how loud should a unit be? If it wakes you up when it turns on, it turns off. You need to call us. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> you much You don't it. need to live with you that. You do not need to live with that kind of stuff. You really don't. And the new ones, especially the new variable speed compressors. My sales pitch for these things is if you know somebody that has one when it's running, go out and stand on one side of it, have them stand on the other, and you will carry on a room voice conversation, and there will be no interruption of it from noise. It's, they are that quiet. The new variable speed compressors, even when they're fully cranked up, are running about a quarter of the noise they used to. Now, when we're looking at our Freon charges, I mean, having the proper amount is like having the proper amount of uh, coolant in our cars. Brake fluid in your brakes and air conditioning. <laughs> yes, exactly so. Too much is a bad thing. Too little is a bad thing. Absolutely. And the new ones are much more critical. The, uh, the subcooling, which is one of the things that we check, is absolutely critical on these. If the subcooling is right, almost everything else will be okay. And you can check that pretty much. you got a lot of slack with that time of year. Uh, you can adjust it for a very wide temperature span. And I know a lot of homeowners, you know, one, <clears throat> one thing they avoid in their maintenance is, you know, they're worried, am I going to get maintenance or am I going to get somebody trying to sell me all kinds of stuff? And I don't want to know about a problem because I don't have the $800 they're going to try and get out of me when they right. come. exactly. You don't make a lot of money doing maintenance work. But we, didn't, we decided never to put our guys on commission because we don't want to go out there and have our guys incentivized to perhaps sell you something that you might not need yet. We'll tell you what's going on. We'll list, we'll list it on the on the invoice and let you decline the repair right now, but it's on there. So later on, if something goes wrong, you can call up and say, you know, on your last thing, you said you thought we should do this. Well, now it's starting to act like we really should do this, and then we already know what we got to do. We bring it with us when we show up. No one should ever feel obligated to do something on site at that moment. I mean, even if the unit's broken and the temperature's unbearable for you, get a hotel room for that. If somebody's forcing you to do something right then and there that – you just know in your gut something, something's not right, or I need yeah. to get a second opinion, or something. You know, stay at your parents, stay at a hotel if the weather's unbearable. If you know you've got that gut feeling for a reason, go with it. When I need a second opinion, I'll call Carissa, <laughs> and she'll tell me what I should be thinking. <laughs> That's worked since she was a baby. It works now, so it's not a problem. You know, so, um, but no, I know what you're saying. And under certain circumstances, we have uh, a couple of loaner one-ton air conditioners that we can put in a place so people aren't just I've been a recipient of, of that circumstance. That's right. You have. I had forgotten about that. Yes, sir. Out at your ranch. Oh, yes, sir. Three summers ago now, I think. Maybe Pretty darn before. handy, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice little thing. We were all in that one master yeah, well, bedroom. Well, but you were cool in that bedroom. <laughs> so, um, but no, that's uh, we try to take care of our clients. and We try to treat them like Rosie on the house does. We try to treat our people like family. I have the warmest, most loyal group of clientele, and I try to return that loyalty with the same same good heart, and I've never been disappointed. 
So biggest things we can do for air conditioning as homeowners. Change the air filter monthly and yes. listen to the noises. Ta- pay attention. Pay attention. If you hear something that isn't right, it probably isn't right. And tell the tech that, get, that shows up there. We will listen. And if a tech is not listening to you, then that tech shouldn't be there. And it shouldn't be cycling a lot. If a lot of cycles. Three maybe. times an hour is about right. If it's cycling more than that, that's a problem. And in Phoenix, Arizona, almost every house out there is shy on suction. It's shy on return air. A 20 by 30 filter on a 5-ton air conditioner on a 16 or 18-inch return is just not enough. You need another return in the master bedroom or, or in, a, in someplace else in the house. But that difference in the efficiency of the air conditioner and the comfort level of the house is really, really astonishing. Now, jumping off of our everything we've been talking about has either been a packaged or a split system, mm-hmm. standard HVAC right. unit that we all have in our homes. Mm-hmm. What do you think about mini splits? And do they require the biannual maintenance? Mini splits are made to be put in and run forever. You need to look at them. Don't put gauges on them. They they don't even give you a suction line gauge set on the mini splits because you're not supposed to play with it. Don't put anything on there because the charge is absolutely critical. So don't screw with it. Don't mess with it. Don't play games with the mini. Just see if it's working okay. Check the electrics. Make sure all the connections are tight, that kind of thing, and you're good to go. And that's the thing about the mini. I've had a lot of clients that have us put a mini split on the master suite, the master bedroom, and leave the rest of the air conditioner totally alone. Just, you know, tune it up, do what we're supposed to do. But put an extra, put that mini in the master bedroom. And that way, the rest of the house can be 80 degrees. The master bedroom can be 70. Which is pretty smart. And when you're running a 20-seer mini versus (laughs) a a 14 to 16-seer main or even older, you know, the old ones, a 10 or 11 or a 7 or 8 or 9, whatever, You've got that 20-seer unit cool in your master bedroom. If you can sleep good, you can shrug off a lot of other problems. <laughs> you know, so. And then if your unit did break, you've always got that backup exactly and your cool so. master to sleep in. Exactly so. And that's, that's the beauty of it. And the, the new inverter technology, you don't pay for a single watt of electricity that is not moving a BTU of heat you need to move. And that's the beauty of it. Whereas... We've got these massive runs of duct work, and yep. you know that yep. gets hot sitting up in the attic. So you've got to clean that out, and you've got to re-air condition air you've already air conditioned because when it shuts off, that cold air just stops. Yep. It gets warm, so you're recooling a lot of air. You've you know how much cooled. heat gain you have with a mini? Zero, <laughs> none. It's beauty. It's just absolute beauty. It just it cools the air and then stops. Now, how much? airspace will a mini cool oh it depends on the size and they they build they have what's called throw and any air conditioner has what's called throw that just means how far is the air coming out of the register in the direction you need it to go and as you get larger units and more btus capacity you get bigger fans that throw the air further so installation putting it the right place in the room and aiming it properly and the new ones uh you can get two or three uh heads on some of the new ones so if you, have, you can have one condensing session and three individual rooms handled by this, and they can all be different temperatures. That's the beauty of it. These, these new minis are really technologically leapt ahead of, of, of the, the package units. It'll be interesting to see what the industry looks like in five years. Yes, it will, because they, if you look all over the world, and they have used these, because especially like in Japan and places like that, where every square inch they have needs to be lived in, and they, have, they put the condensing sections outside, put these up on the wall, end of story. Not one foot of floor space is taken up. And the aesthetics of it are when you hang this thing on the wall, everybody says, oh, man, I don't want that on my wall, that big old huge thing. 
you know what? In about a week, that big old huge thing evaporates. You don't see it again. It's not even there. That's the beauty of it. You get used to it. It's part of the room. Now it's part of the furniture. Any more or less to me than, than a window unit, air no, conditioning unit. No, no, And plus the fact, all you hear is shh, and you don't hear much of that. <laughs> you know, it's the beauty. All you hear is the airflow. And they, again, they're built to be very, very quiet, and they are very, very quiet. And I understand y'all are also uh, looking to build up for the heavy uh, summer months coming. We are hiring. We're trying to, we're trying to build a, a, a larger, highly skilled installation crew. Our guys now are great. We're looking to get them out as techs and that a strictly dedicated installation crew do just installations. And we don't want to have our techs having to do both. Because the guy that's especially, you know, get to be, and I don't want to use the age thing. I don't want to play the age <laughs> card here because I'm sincerely decrepit old. But, but I'm, like, I'm running through attics and screening off ladders and stuff has lost a lot of its amusement value. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'd just as soon, you know, have the younger guys doing that now and let the, let the installation guys do that. And my technicians, of which I would like to consider myself one, uh, are out in the field fixing things. Very good. That's night air conditioning, and and you have a new number. I know she made she simplified it for you. <laughs> yes, good for you. What's your new number? The Sean? new number is six zero two four forty four thousand. There you go, four forty four thousand. <laughs> if you're looking for a job or you need your air conditioning service, uh, if it's been six months, eh, if it's been eighteen months, eh, yeah. if it's been thirty six months, eh, yes, yes, come be prepared on. to spend some money because these <laughs> things these things work in the worst possible conditions all the time. You expect them to work right, and you can't just do that and not take care of them. It's like not changing the oil in your car; it'll run fine for twenty thousand miles, and then it dies, and then it's expensive, <laughs> and then it's very expensive. <laughs> Chuck Knight, night air conditioning. That would be me. Something bugging you this spring? Well, we've had a wet winter, we've got plenty of weeds, we've got plenty of insects, and we've got plenty of Bonide products to help you stay bug-free. Whether it's something that's crawling around in your shrubbery, it's something in your lawn, flower beds, vegetable gardens, Bonide has the answer with their line of eight products. Eight insect controls most common home, lawn, garden insects problems and is effective up to over a hundred different types of insects that destroy trees, shrubs, lawn, flower, vegetable. Eight to eliminate ticks, fleas, ants, whatever's invading your home or garden, but not all eight is made the same. There's eight garden and home. There's eight garden dust. There's eight vegetable, fruit, and flower concentrate. There's eight yard and garden RTS. Lots of applications, so know what you're fighting. Pick up the right eight product for your home at Mesquite Valley Growers in Tucson, Summer Winds in Mesa, or Treeland in Mesa. That's eight to eliminate from Bonide, family made in America. Final segment of our open line hour here at Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 31 years. Next hour on our On the House hour at 10 o'clock, we've got Todd Whitaker Drywall, TWD Design, Build, Remodeling, and talking universal design, in particular aging in place. And then next week, we'll wrap up with Life Streams, Complete Senior Living, that'll complete our Universal Design Month here at Rosie on the House. Flipping over to April, we focus on interior hard surfaces in our On the House hour. We'll have various guests from around the state on countertops, flooring, tile, all the different applications for the tile has in our home. Acrylics are pretty popular now. May we go into home remodeling. So just a few things that we've got planned here at Rosie on the House. Pulled an interesting article about APS plan to invest in batteries to use more solar. 
June is solar month at Rosie on the House, and we've got a lot of great guests already lined up for that month, including Sun Valley Solar Solutions. We've got a new solar company out of uh, Cornville called Verde Valley Solar. Solar store in Tucson, great variety. We even have a one of our air conditioning partners in Tucson, Intelligent Design, has a solar assisted air conditioning unit that he's going to no join us on air to talk oh, about. Oh, okay. I want to see this. You know, we'll yep. be in Tucson this week on the 28th, uh, March 28th, and we're going to we're gonna get a little preview. I, I've had, oh, here we go with another million dollar <laughs> idea we're going to throw out there. For the longest time, I've always wanted to create like a, a solar box to connect to your AC unit. And this solar application would be just to run the air conditioner. It wouldn't be distributed amongst the house, just the AC. I'm thinking it would cut your bill down 50, maybe 80% because you're getting sunlight during the day, which is when you really need your AC. Of course, I don't have the scientific knowledge to pull something like that off, but that particular unit with the solar connection is exactly what I've been thinking of all these years. You know, it, it takes a lot from a thought into production. It's it's amazing. I had an, I've had an idea that still hasn't come out yet, and it is solar related. Mm-hmm. And I even applied for one of those... Ads you see, inventor's helpline or something right, like right. that to get your uh, yeah. to get your invention trademarked, mm-hmm. copyrighted. Uh, I I even had one of those packets sent and looked it out, and I just something didn't feel right about it. So I've I've been sitting on it. One of these days, I'm going to see it and think, gosh darn it! If only I had one hundred fifty thousand dollars of my own money to go <laughs> patent it, I could have been that guy. <laughs> but the numbers are staggering. The amount of batteries APS plans to invest. By 2025, is more than 338 is more than the 338 megawatts of batteries the entire U.S. and utility industry added last year. So the entire U.S. grid added 338 megawatts last year, and APS by itself is planning to add more than that within six years. And here's and the investment numbers over a billion dollars. You want to know what kind of impact that's going to have? Lay it on me. Okay. The batteries will increase the number of renewables in APS power supply. Mm-hmm. So they've got their power plant. Right. They've got nuclear power plant. Then they've got a certain amount of renewable energy that they have to produce. Mm-hmm. That amount of batteries will increase their renewable energy by 3 to 4%. Woo! <laughs> It would supply the APS full capacity of power for less than four hours. Now, that'd be good to know we've got a four-hour backup should, should Palo Verde well, go well, down. Yeah. Which the, the amount of redundancy and backups upon backups upon backups that we saw on our Palo Verde mm-hmm. nuclear power plant tour at the end of last year, I can't even fathom what it would take to knock that down. But this would have a three- to four-hour backup to that or... About 212 homes for for a complete. Okay, I, I was looking at that as saying during monsoon season that might come in handy in mm. case your power goes out and you just need to get by on an hour or two while they get the lines back up or get the electricity all back up and connected. So four hours didn't seem like a lot. But you know what I think this will do more than anything for us as the homeowners is it will make solar more reasonable for us. You have the supply and demand. 
a lot of times when a new product comes out, it takes a lot of years of development before it's affordable for everybody. The amount of money they're going to invest in batteries, I think that's going to make batteries more affordable and practical for the homeowner. And batteries are important in a solar application because the question always comes back, what do you do when the sun sets if you're trying to go all solar? You've got to have battery backup. So that kind of investment in batteries, I think we could see an increase availability and quality in home batteries for uh, and And the thing about batteries at this point now is they're still trying to figure out how to store it so that, you know, when the sun goes down and no energy is being produced, the batteries back you up. It's kind of like an emergency generator. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of those here in the next five years with the amount of money they're getting ready to Can you imagine, you know, we've got Louisiana, Texas, and uh, all these other oil-producing states producing energy for the country. Can you imagine Arizona becoming the first state to be an energy-producing solar king in the country? And and, and that leads you to another issue. (laughs) How do you distribute that to other parts of the country? That's that's about 50 years. The amount of solar panels it would take to generate what Palo Verde generates Mm -hmm. would blanket the Phoenix metro area. There'd be no sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there'd be sunshine, but we'd be be above the solar panels. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Be a shaded town. Oh, boy. 10 o'clock coming up next. We've got uh, TWD, right? Our boys from TWD are standing outside the window. We'll hit top of the hour news, bring them in and talk universal design right after this.